Blog Talk Radio. This is the Naked Talk with Alex Okoji. It's all about straight talk with some of the biggest global icons, leaders, entertainers, motivational speakers, authors, life coaches, relationship experts, social advocates, and extraordinary friends as they strip themselves their experiences, and share their unfiltered thoughts about life issues. I believe in stripping the lies and empowering the mind through the freedom of expression. I'm unapologetic about being open, so I motivate my guests to tell it like it is, and help my listeners build a presence of mind while finding their voice. So it's all about the best in authentic conversations, with real people about real life experiences. So let's keep it unfiltered, unscripted, uncensored, and uncut. You're welcome to today's episode. Have her strip herself down and address some of her 
tears, right? I mean, first of all, I'm just having her be a bisexual novelist who is uh, happily married, but also writes lesbian fiction. And the fact that she got, you know, a lot of backlash from the LGBT community, um, a lot of her fans in the LGBT community who felt she wasn't supposed to be writing lesbian fiction, being that she's uh, bisexual or she's happily married. So, you know, just having her, you know, um, sort of come back on the, you know, come on the show and address, you know, those issues and her fears and strip herself, you know, strip herself basically of all that fear and just being able to you know, talk about it was amazing. And we had such an enlightening conversation because she shared so much about her career as, you know, as, a, as a best-selling novelist. So that was totally, totally amazing. Now, if you missed that conversation, it's okay. Remember, you can still catch all our shows, yes. You can come back right here at the radio channel and listen to all our archived shows. It's available 24-7. And, of course, you know, we're also syndicating all over your Internet radio. So, yes, you can listen to any of our shows. You can listen to the Make It Talk on any of our syndicated radio network. Yes, you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, and, of course, Machine Radio. Yay! <laughs> so, guys, uh, well, um, let's see. Today's show is, you know, brought to you by our friends at Evolution Magazine. And Evolution Magazine is all about bringing to you the hair side of life and, of course, giving your hair a voice. And you can find them at www.evolutionmagazine.com. And, of course, our friends at QKV Entertainment and Events. They're all about the top A-class entertainment and events. And, of course, we're giving special giveaways to our first three callers today, and you might be lucky to get uh, a special chocolate handmade soap or a carrot handmade soap or a moringa handmade soap right from Venture Naturals. And they're all about the best quality handmade beauty products from the finest natural fruits and organic oils. Yes, and they're right here in Africa. So, guys, yay! Well, um, have you gotten a copy of my new book, The Naked Truth by Street? Don't forget, even my book is a music recent book that offers wisdom for those who are struggling, you know, or who struggled, or perhaps still struggling to accept the truth about who they really are, what love really is, sex, and a lot of other personal issues. And, you know, you can find it on my official website at www.evolutionmagazine.com. Now, today on TNT All 45, of course, we're intercepting live. Some of the arts with our guest. Now, he's, a prime time, he's on primetime TV, playing lead as the Big Boss Ash at the popular BBC all-action crime drama series, The Interceptor. How about a state of the arts enforcement team? Um, Swerved mission is to hunt down some of Britain's most dangerous and ruthless criminals. Now, um, I'm very, very excited. I don't want to say too much because I feel like I'm going to give it away so much. But I'm very excited to have the British actor, writer, and director, Oti Fagnelli, live all the way from the UK on the Naked Talk. And Oti is right here on the show. And, you know, let me just, you know, connect with Oti. Hi, Oti. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hello? Hi. Welcome oh, to the Naked Talk. Hello. I can hear you. I Thank can hear you. Yes. Hi. Great to be there. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I'm very excited to have you here on the Naked Talk with Alex Akurji. Thanks a lot. I think there might be a little bit of a delay. Yeah, <laughs> usually. Um, yeah, but let me ask you, how's, how's the weather in the UK? How's the weather where you are? 
Well, it's everything we could expect it to be. It's cold and wet and it gets dark early, but uh, nonetheless, we're kind of braving through it. Someone once told me there's no such thing as bad weather. There's just bad preparation in terms of what you wear for the weather. So I've been wrapping up warm. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I'm very excited to have you here. And so many people have been listening, you know, just been waiting for today's show. So we're obviously going to have a really full house. Now, but you know what, Oti? I know that, um, you know, your colleagues might have a perspective of who they think you are, right? And the media mm. might have a view of who they think you are. So do your family and friends. But for the sake of those who are listening, wherever they're listening right now from around the world, um, I was going to ask you, who would you say Oti Fagbele really is? I mean, how would you describe yourself? Wow, what a big question. Um, I guess all of us are kind of full of contradictions. One of my favorite quotes, Walt Whitman said, do I contradict myself very well? I contradict myself. I am large. I contain multitudes. And I think that's indeed true for all of us. We're all kind of like, uh, and, um, you know, so, you know, what am I? I? I don't know. I'm a conscious being who's present in this world. Outside of that, I kind of have labels of actor and big brother and little brother and, you know, son. And, um, but yeah, so I don't really know how to, I don't really know how to encapsulate myself in, in just a few words. I guess I could talk about specific parts if you're interested in them. Yes, I am. Yeah, tell us about specific parts. <laughs> well, where would you like me to uh, start? Okay. okay, you know what? Let me let me ask you this. I mean, for a lot of people, I mean, you're. Um, I, I I'll ask you this still. First of all, your your name you're Oti, right? But that's short for mm-hmm. something, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. for Latin Day, right? Let me ask yeah, you. Right. You know, do people call you Latin Day? Do they call you by your full name? Do they just go Latin Day? This Latin Day? No, no. You, every, I, you know what? I've always been known as OT since I was a child. My 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 first name is Olatunde. Day. My second one, uh, my middle name is Olateju, and so that's OT OT. Okay. And so I think I, I was just given that nickname very early on in my life, and I, I've. You know, so the only time I'm ever called anything apart from OT is when my dad calls me sometimes as for a joke. He's like, Ola Tunde, and I say, yes, dad. He says, Ola Teju, I say, yes, dad. He says, Ola Alon, I say, yes, dad. He says, you know, I say, we're all here, dad. You know, and so, but it's, it's more of a joke, you know, in general conversation, he just calls me yeah. OT. Um, and then, you know, some people call me Tej or Teju, um, but mm-hmm. uh, predominantly everybody just calls me OT. Okay, that was really, really funny because that kind of resonated with me because my dad does it too. Like, he has a way of calling me, like, three versions of my name. So I kind of understand right, right. how that really, I understand how that works, actually. So I thought that was really, really funny. But uh, let me ask you this. I mean, I know that you, you lived in different parts of the world. I mean, you've lived in the U.K. I mean, you, have, you know, but lived in the U.K., you've lived in Spain, and, of course, you know, you have part of your um, – um, you, you lived in Nigeria for a while, so. Uh, but mm-hmm. let me ask you this: What would probably be the most profound memory you have of, you know, living in Nigeria? Wow, the most profound memory of living in Nigeria. Um, you know, there, there were there were kind of two times we lived in Nigeria, and and one time we lived relatively poor. 
and um, we were in, I think we were in Yaba at the time, and, you know, there were like five to a room, and, you know, and there were very happy times, actually. I mean, but although one of the, my most extreme memories of that was that we were robbed, we were armed, we were by armed robbers in that time. That was a very intense wow. experience as a child. But but then the second time I lived in Nigeria, we lived in Ikui, and we, you know, we lived quite nicely, and I think my most intense experiences or memories well, there were two, really. I mean, one was that we kind of like had a prayer session inside our house on a Sunday where people would dance. I mean, not dance, we would sing and, and, and pray. And so, and those are always quite fun, joyful times. But I also remember um, school was quite a uh, an experience for me. Oimbo Pepe, So, um, yeah, 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 a mix of things. The Koi Club, which is a place we'd go to, and you know, but I was quite young when I lived in Nigeria. You know, I've been back as an adult, but uh, it's a very different experience when you're a child. You know, <laughs> you know what is so amazing? You have such like descriptive um, memory. Of, I mean, you're dropping the names like you know, Ikoiaba, all of that. <laughs> it's almost like um, you're still you're in touch. Like you're like dropping the names and all that, and I can just imagine, picture the average, you know, Nigerian family, and then of course, you know, when the family, you know, sort of becomes a little bit elite. But um, now let me ask you this: I know that um, you are an actor and a writer and a director, and all of these really creative things that you, you know, that you've um, embodied yourself. Um, but what would you say is what do you enjoy the most, really, about being an actor? Um, I think what I enjoy the most about being an actor is the opportunity to explore different lives and different periods of history and things like that. I, I'm I'm very curious about people, um, and um, I'm I'm very curious about the world and the way it works. And I think, you know, so how do we understand other people? We use empathy, and there is you know is our ability to kind of imagine what it must be like to be other people well I get to do that for a living I get to imagine what it's like to be someone else and to do that we research and we pretend and we meet other people who will pretend with us and we meet other people who will write whole scripts based on this pretense Mm -hmm. and so it's almost like I get to be reincarnated many times in my own lifetime and um and get to play (laughs) princes and paupers and soldiers and and lovers and friends and Americans and Englishmen and Nigerians and you know and so I think it's my ability to 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 travel really I mean I don't just mean geographically I mean um mm-hmm. you know psychically almost uh, you know, personality wise yeah oh, well wow. okay uh, I mean you just shared what you like the most and I can resonate with that as well being that I'm an actor and you know, all of that, you know, I think that's, you know, basically what we love about that, you know, being mm-hmm. um, being able to represent different characters and, you know, be different people at different times. But what exactly is it, what, what, what do you like the least about being an actor? The worst thing about being an actor is not being an actor, i.e. not getting to act, i.e. being out of work. Um, it's a very frustrating mm. thing when you have a passion and you feel you have a talent and you have a work mm-hmm. drive and not have a place to express that. And unfortunately, that's a very common experience for most artists, um, no matter what discipline mm-hmm. you have. If you're an artist who's in work, mm-hmm. you're one of the lucky ones. 
Um, you're the mm-hmm. exception to the rule. And um, and so it's really hard and it's a big challenge, actually. It's a continuing challenge to find ways to keep one's sanity and keep one's faith when not in work. Now, I've got to say I've been very lucky in my career. I've, I've enjoyed working a lot. I've, I've been one of the few who's managed to have quite consistent work, but that doesn't mean I've not been without work at various times. And, um, and those times are really, really challenging. I can imagine. I understand that, especially if you're very passionate um, about what yeah. you're doing all. Um, okay. Um, Oti, um, you know what? Um, you can actually hear me. Like, I feel like I can hear, like, feedback of myself. Um, but you can hear me. I don't know if you're listening from somewhere else. Are you listening from somewhere else? No, I just have you on my... Uh, earphones. Okay, okay, okay. I can try and call okay. the phone number if it makes it easier for you. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. No, it's okay. It's great. I, I just wanted to be sure that you're not listening from somewhere else. Uh, but well, um, hey guys, um, if you're just tuning in, this is still the Naked Talk with Alex Akurji. And yes, I do have a very special. Not only is he special, he's uh, you know, and I can be. He's right here on the show live, all the way from the UK. And we've got the British Nigerian actor, Oti Sakali. And don't forget that you can join this conversation. Yes. Um, you know, I see some people here in the chat room. Uh, the number to call is plus one two one five three eight three three seven six six. If you're dialing from outside the U.S., if you're calling from within the U.S., dial as a local number, two one five three eight three three seven six six. And, uh, you know, you can speak with me or Oti or, you know, join the conversation or ask questions or, you know, share your views. Or you can use the in-studio chat room or use the live Skype button and call it for free. So, OT, hi. Can you hear me? Are you there? I can hear you. I'm right here. Okay. So, I, I know, I mean, you've been talking about, you know, being lucky to play, um, you know, being lucky to constantly have work. Um, and, of course, I mean, there's those moments where an actor is out of work and you're not as busy as you'd love to be, and that can be really frustrating. And I know that you play mm-hmm. still. I mean, you've been in several, you've been in several note, you know, noteworthy projects, from stage to film to television. You know, just doing so much. Uh, but recently, you know, you, you play several, you know, different kinds of characters. But I mean, recently mm-hmm. you play one really big bad character. <laughs> I mean, you're mm-hmm. like the big boss in, you know, The Interceptor. Um, yeah. So I was going to ask you, what what, is, what what does it feel like? I mean, playing um, a lead character, but not just a lead character, you know, one who's taking down the bad guys, and there's all this action, <laughs> you know, and drama and crime. Well, you know, what does it feel like, really? Well, I mean, I, I tell you, there's so many stages of it. I mean, it, there is definitely a rush of finding out that, you know, that someone has entrusted you to be the lead of a series, which costs a huge amount of money and it's going to be shown to millions, literally millions of people. I mean, there's, there's a huge rush and excitement and honor about that. Um, but that mm-hmm. soon, for me at least, turned into the huge responsibility. And, um, and I think sometimes the responsibility can be quite burdensome. So I turned, that, um, <laughs> turned all my focus into giving all I could to the part and trying to do the best job I could with it and really focusing on my art. And so it, in a way it kind of turned, you know, it started huge. Oh my gosh, I'm going to share my art with the world. And that's amazing. And then it became a bit smaller, which is like, oh my gosh, 
this broadcasting casting corporation has entrusted me with their project and it became even smaller so it was just about me as an artist trying to do my best and so there were many stages mm-hmm. of that but outside of that you know um the action and you know like being a lead in a series it's it's a lot of fun it's very exciting and I love my work you know and so to get to do my work is like the most exciting and fun I can have um and so and then outside of that filming action sequences car chases fights and you know going to these weird and wonderful locations um it's really quite a rush and and getting to work with some amazing professionals who who brings so much to their artistry from set design to costume to, you know, you know, fight coordination. So, um, so it's really, it was a really wonderful experience. It was a very challenging one, but it was a very, um, wonderful one. Yeah. And I can imagine. Okay, guys. Um, if you're calling into the show, don't forget you need to use your hand raising effect. You have to press one. You have to press one so that I know that you want to speak, and then we can connect you into the show. If you don't press one, then I think you're just listening. So I see people dialed in. If you want to call, if you want to say something, or you want to ask a question, press one so that I know that you want to speak. Okay, um, Oti, I mean, you, like you said, you know, I mean, there's that rush, you know, playing all, you know, action sequence and, you know, playing this real bad guy. And being a part of the, the law enforcement agency, if I put it that way, now, what mm-hmm. I want to ask you now, just like in real life, what does it feel like being, I mean, like being on the other side? Now, not being, you know, a, a member of a law, law enforcement agency, have you ever been in trouble with the police before? Oh. <laughs> that may be telling too much, my dear. Um, <laughs> um, now, I've generally managed to stay away from any serious <laughs> um, altercations with the police. Um, you know, I mean, on the whole, uh, I, yeah, I, I've managed to avoid any kind of negative experiences with the police and generally had quite reasonable ones with them. I've, I've witnessed some cases where police have really saved situations and I've seen some situations where maybe police have been a bit heavy handed on situations. I think it's an extremely tough job to do. Um, but um, me personally speaking, I've only had good experiences. Okay, OT. You know what, OT? How about we take a quick commercial break? Let's take a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. No problem. You're listening to the Naked Talk with Alex Okoroji. You're listening to the Naked Talk. It's so uncensored. She keeps it real. She keeps it straight. She tells it like it is no matter who's afraid to bear. <laughs> You're listening to the Naked Talk with Alex Okoroji. Have you pre-ordered your 
your own specially autographed copy of The Naked Experience by Alex Okoroji from Timid Girl to Confident Woman. It will make you laugh. It will make you cry. It will make you cuss. But most of all, it will be a great resource for you and your loved ones. Log on to www.alexokoroji.net to reserve your copy and win two VIP tickets to the book tour in MASH. Okay, guys, we're back. And if you're just tuning in, well, this is still the Naked Talk with Alex Okoroji. And yes, yes, I, you know, just before we went on that commercial break, I was talking to my very Special guest, O.T. Fagley, live all the way from the U.K. And, you know, it's nice to just basically talk to O.T. about his, you know, his love for the arts, his career, and just his upbringing and background. And, you know, it's been a pretty interesting conversation so far. And don't forget, guys, if you want to join that conversation and you want to say something or ask O.T. a question, maybe, you know, something like, perhaps, is he dating, you know? (laughs) Don't forget, you can pick up your phone and call into the show. The number to call is plus one two one five three eight three three seven six six. If you're calling from outside the U.S., uh, if you're calling from within the U.S., dial as a local number two one five three eight three three seven six six. And make sure to use your hand raising effect. Press one. Press one so I know that you you know you want to say something, you want to speak, um, and we'll get you connected. Oh, hi, OT. Hi. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hello. I can hear you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, just before we went on that, you know, commercial break, I mean, we did talk about, you know, whether you've been in trouble with the police or anything like that. But, um, you know, a lot of the times people have um, trouble believing actors. I don't know why. You know, sometimes, you know, I remember going through a lot of that. You know, someone say, oh, I don't know if you're, if you're acting right now because, you know, you're always, <laughs> they just assume that, you know, every time you're in front of the camera, you're always constantly role-playing 247. I don't know if you've right. ever, you know, had that encounter. But what would you say is the biggest lie that you've ever told? The biggest lie that I've ever told? Um, the biggest lie that I've ever told? Well, you know, the funny thing is, actually, just today I was having a conversation with a couple of friends about this, which is... um. I, I'm a big believer in the truth, like, and I think, mm-hmm. you know, when I was younger, I'm, you know, like, I, I, I probably lied a fair amount, you know, in my early years, and I think I, at some point, I was just like, actually, I don't want to be a liar, I don't want to be a person who tells lies, and so through most of my adult life, I'd make a concerted effort not to lie. And, um, but, but, you know, that, that sounds like it's like, okay, well, no one really wants to lie, but I mean everything. I mean, like, I mean, like, no white lies. If you ask me how I look in that dress, I'll say, I don't like the way you look in that dress, but I don't like the way you look, you know, if, I, if I'm late, I'll say, look, I, I'm late because I just couldn't, I had to watch the rest of this TV show, and that's the reason why I'm late. I won't make a, you know, I, I really try and be honest. <laughs> um, and so, um, so I, I can't off the top of my head think, I mean, I think the biggest lies, uh, I've told maybe lies I might have told myself about not being good enough or not being worthy or lies that you tell yourself to kind of bring yourself mm-hmm. down and you have to kind of overcome mm-hmm. those falsehoods that you tell yourself um, so you can really be the fullest of who you are. So, um, mm. yeah, I guess that would be my answer. 
I understand that, and I appreciate. It. I, you know, I, I get, I get you, I get you, because it, I used to be that way too. Like, you know, when you're younger, you feel okay. If someone says, "Where are you?" and like, "Oh, I'm always there," but then you're still like hours away. Right. And as I grew older, I understood that, you know, I didn't have to lie because, you know, I feel right. like the moment you're honest and you're living in the truth, there's some sort of freedom and liberty yeah. that you, you know, you experience. And it's left for the other person to accept because I understood that, you know, when people lie, you know, people tell lies, maybe not to lose something or not to lose someone, but then a lot of people, people tell the truth so they don't lose themselves. So I really understood that, you know what, I have to accept, just be honest about who I am or what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking. And, you know, it's up to, you know, to whoever's receiving it to deal with it. That's not my problem. Um, But, you know, being, you're, you're, you know, you're an actor. You're not just an actor. You're a writer. You're a director. But then you do have some connection to music as well. Now, I know that you play a musical instrument, and let me tell you what. I feel like it's instrument that anybody could ever play for me personally. One is the guitar. The other one is the saxophone. And right. you play the sax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just went like, right. Um, how, I mean, how did that start? I mean, how did that Love the music. So, how did you learn to play the saxophone? What was your what, what was your connection to music? I mean, well, I mean, ridiculously enough, I um when I was ten, my mom asked me what instrument I would like to play, and at the end of the Muppet Show, they play the theme music out. I mean, you might not be old enough to remember the Muppet Show, but anyway, mm-hmm. at the end of it, this Muppet, what? this puppet plays this instrument, the saxophone, and he gets bob, and then that's the kind of end of the Muppet show. And I was like, for that reason, that deep, meaningful reason that children give, I was like, that's what I want to play. So my mom was like, okay, well, we'll rent you one for your birthday, and if you if you practice it, then you can keep it. And so I practiced it, and um, they got one, and, and very uh, we were living in Spain at the time, and there was a band that was about to go on tour to the Edinburgh Festival, and they needed an extra saxophone player. So they were like, well, can OT learn it fast enough? So I put my pedal to the metal and basically learned these songs, these like big band jazz songs, like in the mood. And all those kind of songs. Anyway, um, and so I learned it really quick. And then I went on tour and we went to the Edinburgh Festival. And that was really the beginning of it. Um, and so it was, it was amazing access, but I think it was at the Weekends Arts College, which is like, um, it's a, it's a low cost arts education facility in London. Uh, it's a really amazing mm-hmm. facility. If anyone's looking to support a charity, um, they are great. And that's really where I learned to love the saxophone. We would have music lessons there as a band and, you know, eight young mm-hmm. people, drummer, trumpet player, blues, you know, bass player, guitar player, we would all now play in a band and, and perform songs, and that's really where I learned to improvise and where I learned to kind of really love playing music. Oh, wow, wow. I can, you know, that I just feel like that's, like, so much fun because I've had my early stint with, you know, um, rehearsing with I don't play the musical instrument, but I mean I had my at least did with rehearsing with a with a jazz band here, a jazz city <clears> band. Um, and I did want to learn how to play the guitar, but uh, right. my dad never taught me that. <laughs> no, you don't put it on your but, dad. You know, it's so like, why, why aren't you learning the guitar? There's YouTube. You, you, okay, you know what? I, exactly. I still want to learn the guitar, and I'm hope you know. I still want. To, I just need to find the time to do so. You know, my dad used to be a musician back in the day, so 
used to play the guitar, and then I used to be around a lot of musicians growing up, and I just thought I would learn, but I don't know, just long story. I would still love to say, um, you know, maybe that should be one of my goals for 2016, who knows. Um, oh, listen, yeah. I, think, so, I think you should um, say so on the show right now. I think you should commit yourself <laughs> to playing, playing a song on air one year from now, you say you make if you make that commitment now on air. I know you won't you won't you won't backtrack from it and just say in at, on January fifteenth, two thousand and seventeen, you Alex will play a song. It doesn't have to be a long song, but you'll play a song on the guitar. I think this is your moment. Go. Oh God! Oh my God! You just oh my God! Okay. Um. All right, let's see. My first show in 2017 on the mm-hmm. Naked Talk. I would play a little tune on the guitar. I promise. Oh yeah. my God. You threw me under the bus, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ah, you set me up. Okay. Listen, I think all the listeners there, make sure you stay on Alex. Ask her how her guitar playing is going. Oh, oh my God. You deserve me. Let's, let's get Alex. We think, no, listen, I'm not throwing you on the but I'm encouraging you. This is a great, this is a great I way know. to encourage you. And I'm really oh looking for, what do you think your first song, if you could choose what? your song, what song would you choose to learn how to play? Have you got any favorite songs at the moment? Ooh, let me see. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a very tough question to ask me because I like, like, songs. In, I like different genres of music, actually. I'm, I'm a soul. I like soul music, yeah. I don't listen to be the jazz and like R&B. I can't even make up my mind right now. <laughs> but, All right, well, so let's um, say so. What, what song are you, you jamming to at the moment? Oh, uh, what am I jamming to at the moment? Um, I'm listening to... I'm, I'm, you know, I like a little bit of the acoustic soul kind of So I will probably play something from... Let me see. Jesus, this is... You know, you know, you're pretty because these people are gonna come back home and they're gonna like, Alex. You know, you said you're gonna play something wrong. Um, yeah, good. This is good. But go on. Who are we talking? Was it Erica Badu? Who's acoustic now? Who are we talking yeah, about? I, you, I, I think you know. I'm, I'm, you know, if I'm thinking so, I'll probably be thinking something like Jill Scott. Maybe a little Jill. Maybe a little. Jill Scott. Yeah, uh, Irene. Maybe a little. Maybe a little. Yeah, little maybe a little Erica. You never. Exactly. I think. I think you know what I think. Yeah, you know brown skin, right? Oh yes, I do. Yeah, I, I do. think you should sing brown um, then skin. I, I think if if I think about it, the chords sound quite easy to me. It's maybe like three or four chords.
Well, I, I guess I'm an entertainment buff, but I'm very jaded. So I only watch okay. listen to certain things. Um, okay. And I just wanted to know what your guest's motivation was for getting into acting and getting into that whole genre. And to also ask, um, do you feel that there is a spiritual element to being into the entertainment business? Um, hey, Dave, thanks so much for your questions. Um, so, I mean, as to the first one, what was my motivation? Um, you know, I can't say it was fame or fortune. I had every, I started off my first professional roles were in um, very low paid, if paid at all, Nigerian theatre in London and and it made me so happy doing that so, you know, my ambitions were really just to be a theatre actor, which I no one gets rich off the theatre, unless you do musical theatre um, and that wasn't in my mind at the time so really it was just about, I loved it um, I love the theatre I love being part of that I love sharing that experience with people so that was my motivation um, in terms of is there a spiritual aspect? I guess it depends on what spiritual means to you. What does it mean to you? Well, when I say that, okay, and I'm glad you asked me that question. When I say spiritual aspect, entertainment has been one of the fabrics of human society from time immemorial. Mm -hmm. um, if you go back to mm -hmm. ancient Rome, you go back to, especially mm -hmm. ancient Greece, uh, the general public were required to attend plays during the days of Plato. It was a requirement wow. for people to attend plays and to see entertainment because entertainment was the culture creator. It basically mm -hmm. created a segue for people to not only escape their own reality, but to hold up a mirror and show them their very sure. existence and how it can be betrayed in a fictional environment, even though they're talking about mm -hmm. something that's real. And I read the uh, write-up where you do, um, you're into the, um, the crime genre on now, here in the United States, that's extremely popular. My best friend, she drives me crazy because all she watches is freaking crime shows. NCIS. We got NCIS LA, NCIS New Orleans, NCIS New York. We got uh, from the NCIS, and then you got the Navy SEALs. You got the CIA. We just we're inundated with these crime stories. Now, I have an affinity for British drama. I go back to Brideshead Revisited with Jeremy Irons. That's mm -hmm. how far I go. Um, and I like um, they do another show on uh, BBC. I think it's like a, a modern day Sherlock Holmes. Right. So I get that whole thing, but what I wanted to know from you is, is that when you're involved in stuff like that, what's the motivation for doing something that everybody's doing? And 
how do you do it differently to where it sets you apart? Um, well, I mean, I, but, but, but wait, now, is that, that's your answer to what spirituality is? Well, no. I kind of... I kind of got away from that. My, the whole element of spirituality. Can you just rephrase the question? Okay, let me rephrase the question. In terms of the whole spiritual element of entertainment, it's a way of acting out what we're either feeling, what we're going through, what we're thinking, and we're able to personify it in a fictional environment even though we're talking about something that everyone can relate to. So my question is, how do you embrace that? Is there a spiritual element to you that drives you to do it? Or is it just a business? I like it. This is something that I'm familiar with. This is something that I like. This is something that I want to do. I'm good at it, and I can make money at it. Well, listen, I mean, it's all of those. I'd be lying if I, if I didn't say that I, I want to make money. I want to be able to live some level of comfortable life. I want to be able to kind of pay my rent and help my family and buy, put food in my own mouth without depending on other people. But ultimately, yeah, it's a very spiritual thing. I mean, I'm working on a project at the moment. Um, I mean, spiritual according to my own definition, but I'm working on a project at the moment, a play called Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, uh, and it's uh, August Wilson play. August Wilson is one of the greatest American playwrights. He's also African-American, and he wrote this amazing play. And there's this, and, and, and really, the, the, the themes of the play are so resonant today. They're about the powerful and the powerless. They're about the exploitation of culture for money, the appropriation of music. It's about the way, you know, young artists are exploited and taken advantage of. And and these all these themes resonate very strongly within me. And I'm drawn to it with so much of myself and my person and what makes me me. Um that the taking the job you know, isn't even a question for me. It's it's a must. I have to do this job because this because it connects to something in me. It connects to something which is eternal in me. That that immutable. Is there such a thing? There's such that the eternal part of me. That part of me which isn't about labels and isn't about you know who I am or what money you make or anything like that. But it's about sharing the human experience with other people through things that you connect with personally and um, and so yeah now that, that's not always possible in the profession as an actor you know it's not always possible to do work which you find deeply meaningful in fact sometimes it has to work the other way around sometimes you get work and you have mm-hmm. to dig, find the, the, the deep meaning find in it and you have to yeah or, or, or offer meaning to it uh, but every now and then you get a wonderful opportunity where you can you can both meet great art and and bring a lot of your own personal soul to it. Hey, that mm. man, I really agree. <laughs> that that hit home with me. Now I, I wanted to I wanted to share something with you guys. I don't know I've probably only known maybe one famous person in the entertainment industry and they're no longer 
they're still famous, but they're no longer in the industry. Most of the people that I know that are influential are in sports. So with that being said, I and I'm directing this to you and the host, because if I read properly, um, host, you, you're in the entertainment industry as well, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes, that's true. Okay. So with that being said, and now that we've clearly defined the spiritual element that's involved, and to what you just said, sometimes you got to take jobs just to get the money, and then you get parts that are they they connect you to something to where it's like okay, I got to do this. How do you guys know the difference between I just got to do this to further my resume, and I got to do this because this is going to mean something. It means something to me. Even though it might not even go over big or be popular, it's something you're really proud of. How do you, how do you make that distinction? Go on, Alex. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, um, I mean, again, like, you know, that all really depends on um, second circumstance or where this is coming from. For me personally, I would say, like, you know, if I got a job and, you know, I read through or I read through the script, um, I'm thinking, okay, first of all, there's several elements. Sometimes you're getting paid, um, you might be offered a lot of money for a particular job that may not really have any deep meaning or may not, you know, and you can decide whether you want to take it or not. Now, usually that decision probably is dependent on your economic situation and whatever is happening at that time. Or maybe you haven't been as busy as you'd like to be, right? Um, some of the time, you're, you know, you get offered jobs where um, they're really very artistic. There's a lot of, you know, there's a deep, meaningful theme around it, and you feel like it would be, it would add some sort of, it would empower maybe the audience or it would add some sort of value. And you may not be offered you know, so much for it, but then you want to do it because you feel like it would add, um, it would challenge you as an artist. Now, I think that sometimes, I mean, I've had situations where I've turned down jobs where I feel like um, they were totally just um, wanted, right? And they didn't add any value. And there are times I've taken jobs that you know I feel like okay this is going to empower them this is going to challenge me deeply. And then there are times you do stuff because okay you know what I'm not working right now you know I, I'm not really doing anything. Well you know it's going to be about you know it's commercial, right? Maybe you can bring something to the table just like um, OTD today. So how do you know that? Um, you do know that when you say it. I mean that's why you're an artist. But the decision you make right now, either at that point is dependent on all the things that are happening. You know the external circumstances. You know who's bringing it. Um, what value? At the end of the day, there must be some sort of value, whether it is financial, spiritual, artistic, uh, you know, whatever it is. There must be some sort of value. I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah. Okay, what do you think? Yeah. No, I, I think that's a great answer. I think it's a great answer. Um, for, for me, you know, I, I think you're right, and you know, like it's a mix of things, and it has to have value. And ultimately, the truth of this world is. There are very few things which are one or the other. And, you know, Shakespeare has this <laughs> yeah. phrase, nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so. 
and mm-hmm. one's perspective can really change. You know, the thing hasn't changed, but suddenly, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I know some, <laughs> you know, actors sometimes joke that you get offered the script and you're like, this script is awful. And then you find out you'll get paid a lot yeah. of money for it. And you go, actually, when I look at this script, actually, yeah, it looks like good. You know, <laughs> and then, nothing really has changed apart from your perspective. And so, um, you know, I, I think ultimately, yeah, there's, there's very few black and whites. There's mainly myriad shades of gray. And at each point in the spectrum, you have to look at where you are financially, spiritually, emotionally, and decide who, what, rep- what decision represents you most at that time. And, and I, when it comes to any decision ever, it's always, I guess for me, the question is, what is my highest self? What is the decision I'd make mm-hmm. if I was acting from a position of love as opposed to an, a position of fear? Mm-hmm. And, and the closer mm-hmm. I can get to acting out of love as opposed to fear, I think the better decisions I make or the decisions that most represent the highest version of myself. And so when making mm-hmm. a decision about what part to do, I try and move from that space and Sometimes that means I have to look after my finances, and sometimes that means I get to really represent my heart. Um, and that's but those are decisions I don't just make in my art. I make that decision every time I walk out the door and decide to do anything. Okay, and and this is my last question. And thank you guys, thank you guys very much. And you don't know how much this means to me. The fact that you're even taking the time to listen and answer my questions. I really appreciate that. Here's my last Well, I'm thinking this is my last question, but the more that I hear you guys talk. <laughs> it would have to be your last question because we don't have so much time anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know what you have to go through, so, yeah. Okay. okay, here's my last question. Have you guys ever done anything in the entertainment business that completely exploited everything you believe in your character, your belief system, but you felt you had to do it to further your career? Uh, I can answer that first. Um, no. Go on, Alex. You're next. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> <sighs> no, it's not good. I've been lucky. I've been lucky. I've not that be that desperate, you know. Not yet. <laughs> but call me. Call me in a couple of months. No I'll tell you how. I'll tell you how things are going. <laughs> Thank you guys. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put myself on mute. Thank you guys for taking my call. And I Thank just like to congratulate you. And and I just like to give out a shout shout out to uh, Lady Lashore. I love her. She's doing big things. Nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Patrick. Thank you a lot for calling into the show. I appreciate it. Uh, hi, OT. Hi. Hey. <laughs> that was very interesting. That was a really great question from, from Patrick, actually. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was put under hostage. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Mike. Oh, but but that was great. That was really good. Um, okay, let me ask you this. I know we don't have so much time left, and oh God, you know we're probably going to lose you. So, but um, uh, you know, while he was saying, and we talked about, you said a lot of things about you know having to make a decision, whether it's coming from a place of love, or it's coming from a place of fear. Now, let me ask you. I know we all have fears. Uh, what would you say is your biggest fear? What is my biggest fear? 
What is my biggest fear? I mean, I think I think on some level, uh, disconnection, I guess, is a is a fear. You know, I I really appreciate my connection with my friends and family, connection with my art and my community, and um, mm-hmm. and with loved ones. And I think uh, mm-hmm. I I like to. I like to maintain and look after my relationships and um yeah. but you know life is life goes up and down and that you know that you can't control everything mm-hmm. in fact you know there's, there's maybe quite finite control we have over things and so um yeah, yeah that, that's that's been some of the things that I found challenging in my life is disconnection and and how to deal with that mm-hmm. okay Am I good? And that especially being um, in the kind of industry that you are, and sometimes that, you know, work takes you away from the people that you love, and sometimes yeah. you're still busy, you don't return a call, you know, you're not always there when someone's celebrating a birthday or something. I don't know. That happens to me. And so uh, I can understand. Sometimes you feel like something's changed or you don't care that much anymore, but it's really because, you know, um, this, this sort of activity take you know take a toll on you and you know take a toll on your time. So I understand what you're saying. Um, okay, so I know that. Um, do you have like I mean I know that I don't know if you follow. Do you follow Nala? Would you follow like the Nigerian film industry? You know since you last. Um, do you know I've anything? I've been very very behind in my in my keeping up with not I mean to be honest I've been very bad with keeping up with all Hollywood and Nollywood. So um so I'm I'm ready for my education. <laughs> now I was just gonna ask, you know, if there were you know, if there's anything you remembered or if there's anyone, you know, if you're following all of the great because I mean it's gone through um a lot of rebranding and you know, we should have better films now and you know great you know, we have great movies in the cinema, and the actors are doing well. So production has been great. So I was just going to ask if you ever thought about coming back home and doing something or featuring a Nigerian film, you know, with full-on Nigerian cast, you know, or if you have people you want to work with. Listen, 100%. Let me tell you right now, 100%. I can't wait. I can't wait for my opportunity to come back home and work. I really want to offer my talents and skills and experience to the Nigerian film industry. I think it's so exciting that we have such a a world famous world um you know inspiring and exciting film industry um and really it's yeah i'm just i'm so excited about the opportunity to working within it and and trying to find places mm-hmm. both as an actor but also as a filmmaker um trying yeah. to find mm-hmm. an opportunity and you know i i think nigeria is such mm-hmm. an exciting nation with so much potential and, mm-hmm. you know, anything, you know, so, so I'm, mm-hmm. just, I'm so excited to see Nigeria five years and 10 years and 20 years. And if I can get in there now and, and give my little one cent to, to the Nigerian cultural growth through filmmaking, I would love that opportunity. Hello. Awesome. Yes, I can hear you. I can hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Uh, connect with you. <laughs> that, that was that was okay. So um, you know, just before we let you go, I know that you have to go soon. This has got to be yes. one of the shortest shit we've ever had. <laughs> I've um. been trying to keep up with the time. I'm keeping up with the time. Um, you know, but you know, just before I know that. Um, do you have any special like you know weird preparation habits before you get on set? Is there anything that you do 
<laughs> maybe you know, maybe um, a weird habit to choose. Well, it depends what you would justify you know, as weird, but um, I <laughs> I don't know. You know, I could I I probably do. I probably am actually more on the eccentric side of actors. I know lots of actors who just kind of like get off off the first seat and go straight onto set. Um. I do lots of things, lots of different exercises, you know, like I, I stretch, I kind of like, you know, I can talk to myself, I could, you know, sometimes if I need to get into a certain state, I might pace, I may do press-ups, I may punch the air, I don't know, I do lots of, depending, you know, there are lots of different ways of getting oneself into a different state, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if there's, there's much that is off, off the list, but there's nothing that is like, I have no ritual. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not a superstitious individual. Mm, okay. Okay. Uh, you know, just before, you know, we wrap it up, uh, I mean, we've been talking about intercepting life through the arts with my very special guest, Oti Adelia, right all the way from the UK. And I know we have met Oti Bill very soon, but Oti, just before we let you go, I know that mm-hmm. you know, actors, you know, often get to play characters that sort of find themselves in situations that they're probably weren't sure they would get out of, right? Um, right. You know, just before you leave, you know, have you ever found yourself in a situation that you weren't sure how you would get out of? Um, yeah, a situation I wasn't sure I'd be able to get out of. You know, I tell you, it's funny, hindsight is such a funny thing. You look back at some situations which you thought would be impossible at the time you look back and go oh actually it all worked out for the best and um and you kind of it's possible to forget the fear of of how deep you felt you were um but let me try and think of a situation um <laughs> i don't know if any of these any of these situations you can't think of anyone right now <laughs> what did you say what do you think? I don't know if any of them are appropriate, so. appropriate for air, you know. I don't know. So, Everything uh, yeah. is appropriate on this show, believe it's the naked tongue, but I know that you probably have to go. So uh, maybe we would have a, you know, maybe we have a part two of this conversation because I have a feeling that yeah. we've so many things. I've fun. really enjoyed chatting with you. It's been so much fun. I'm, I, you know, it's such a fantastic show. Thanks okay, so much I, for having me on. I'm just going to ask you. One last question for the road, and reason being that this would be a travesty if I don't ask. I'm telling you, I'm going to be lynched online. Every okay. lady I know has told me to ask if OT is dating. So I kind of need to get <laughs> They're going to kill me if I don't ask this. So I need to ask, is OT dating? Am I dating? I mean, like, are you in a relationship? Because I don't usually ask this, but everyone wants to know. So they want to know, are you in a relationship? Um, no, I'm not in a relationship. No, I'm not in a relationship. Okay. If he says he's not in a relationship, well, well. thank you, Oti, so much. <laughs> thank you so, so much. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on the but, show. It's been yeah, an awesome well, conversation. I wouldn't even yeah. really have to go. Like, really. Yeah, oh I God. know, I know. Next time, we'll have to definitely have to catch up with a part two. Listen, we'll, we'll make a deal. Maybe February, um, January 15, 2017, me, you, and the guitar live show part two. Boom. All right. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Mm. What? What? All right. That was 
Well, thank you. You're making this harder for me, actually. Make this and sound. Don't remember what she promised. She promises on air. We want some Erica Badu, some uh, <laughs> and we say Andrew Stone, some India Irene. This is what we want. You better get to practicing. I want to hear you. Maybe I might do a medley. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. By then, by then you'll be releasing singles. All right. Well, take care. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much, OT. Bye. Bye. Thank you. All right. All right, guys, if you're just tuning in or you've been on the show listening to my very awesome conversation with OT, Fagbele, it was totally, totally amazing. We had so much fun. Guys, oh, my God, I wish he really didn't have to go, but he has to. So, uh, But I hope that, you know, we were able, able to pick, you know, a number of things. I mean, this is really uh, an empowering conversation. And, you know, OT shared his um, background with us, his, you know, his uh, love for the arts. And just basically, and we had such a great caller. Thank you so much, Patrick, Hall, for calling to the show and asked quite a number of questions. And you know, it was you know, yeah, I think it was it was great to have OT answer those questions and um, you know, address some things. So, um, you know, guys, well, this is still the Naked Talk. We're coming back next week on Talk Wednesday. We've got great guests. Yes, I think we're bringing Nina Bingham back. Yay! <laughs> and we're going to be you know talking about the YouTube makeover. She's going to be turning fifty-two. But rather than um, you know, try to fill up younger. She's going to do the alternatives. Now, she's going to be going all gray. Can you imagine this? So, there's, you know, there's so much to talk about. And, of course, we're bringing somebody else back on Friday Radio Special, and we're going to be talking about love and man and sex. Oh, yeah, we're bringing the sex community back on Friday Radio Special. And we're going to be having such great, empowering conversations on this show. Remember I said what is special about the show is that it's not just an interview. There's a conversation. And with conversations come perspectives, opinions, thoughts, views, you know, and we keep it real. So until um, we come back same time on Talk Wednesday, well, remember, I love you. I love you for listening. Ciao. Talk with Alex Okorochi.